Some of the things in this text, last, last week we talked about how he said, this is my opinion, right? Um, yet uh, here he begins by saying, um, I ordain in all the churches, which certainly seems to be a little bit more uh, direct as to this is, this is what I want for the church. Um, and in fact, not just in your place, but in all the churches. So it certainly seems to be a little bit more um, clear. However, down in verse 25, he does make an exception as we get back to that topic of marriage. He says, now this, in this, I don't have any commandment from the Lord. This is my advice again. So he's kind of appears to be going back and forth between the the um, the topics, and depending on which topic it is, it depends on uh, how he is how uh, obligatory it is. So so let's uh, get into some of these individual things. He says, "While was anyone called while circumcised, let him not become uncircumcised." What does that mean? What's that? Cleanse. Like clean. Cleanse. Oh, okay. Like being clean? No, not being clean. Like being cleansed by God. Oh, okay. So you're talking about uh, the spiritual. Uh, so, so circumcision is used like in Colossians to, to refer to like a spiritual version of that. Um, that wouldn't be what he's talking about here because he says, is anyone uncircumcised? Let him not be circumcised. So that wouldn't be a discussion to that. Um, he's talking about the the physical conditions in which we live, right? And that's all this text is marriage. There's various things. He's like he says uh, he says these are the physical conditions. So how could a person who's been circumcised, that would be a Jew, become uncircumcised? Right? I would view that as an impossibility. Okay, so, so that's one, one possible thing is that he's saying is, listen, you were, you were a Jew, you are born a Jew, you don't need someone to compel you to feel guilty about your heritage. That's one way, okay? Uh, and and that, I, I don't know which one of these is accurate. Uh, believe it or not, um, back in the time of Maccabees, and the Maccabees discussed this, the Greeks, if I, if I remember it correctly, the Greeks, because they hated certain of the rulers of them, like Antiochus, various ones of those, actually tried to surgically undo circumcision. Yeah. And uh, so it's possible that there were people that felt compelled, so compelled uh, to be embarrassed of their faith that they were pressured to, to have a surgery to undo that, which you can't. <laughs> so it ended up just being very graphically inappropriate. So, um, so it's possible that he's including that. I don't know which one, but either one gets to the same point. It's people being compelled to be ashamed of who they are uh, because of their birth, because of 
their heritage because of whatever it is. And he's like, listen, you were called, you were a Jew. You know, it, 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 you're not going, obviously God's not going to say, uh, why don't you keep the law and don't worry about Christian faith? You just keep living as a Jew. That's, that wasn't acceptable. But in terms of if you want to keep a Jewish holiday, you like Hanukkah? Keep Hanukkah. Go for it. <laughs> it that, that's not against Christianity. Uh, you you want to you wanna celebrate the Day of Atonement? That's your, as a national heritage day? Yom Kippur. Celebrate Yom Kippur. That's fine. Right? That, that's, that's not against Christianity. Um, you can't compel that as a religious ordination, uh, so that, that we're going to limit, but that's your heritage. Paul kept feasts, and he kept, um, he kept fasts of, of the Jewish fasts. The Bible, um, the book of Acts tells us that. So, um, so that's, that's not against, and he, he wasn't ashamed of it at all. So, at the same time, right, when he went into the temple, what, right, he, he took in Timothy. Right? Did, what did he do with Timothy? What's that? Right, why? Okay, because Timothy was half Jewish. What about Titus? He did not have Titus circumcised because Titus was fully Gentile. Okay, so there's a difference, uh, and and he understood the difference. So he didn't want it to make it look like it. This is obligatory. He's a Jew, right? Um, so I think he always kept that, um, or not? Excuse me. It wasn't. It wasn't Titus. It was. Um, I think Titus as well, but I'm thinking of the one where they went into Jerusalem, and maybe it's Epaphroditus or something like that. No, 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 Barnabas is a Jew. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Shoot. Anyway, uh, I'll have to look that up at some other point. Uh, Anyway, so let's get back to to 1 Corinthians. Um, so, So... he talks about the circumcision in verse 18 and 19. Um, verse, well, verse 19, he clarifies some things. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. What's meant by that? I always felt that it meant that, you know, because it's just having to do with the flesh, it's not... It doesn't, it's kind of like in, like in, in the Ukraine, when you baptize someone, you have to wear the special robe or something, and they put some kind of significance on that. To me, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. That they put significance on circumcision as being, you know, you're somehow holier or set apart different because it's, but I think as Paul was saying, it's merely physical. Right. I think I think you're right. I think any any of these designations that are purely physical, he's saying they, they really don't have spiritual implications long term. They they don't really do anything for you. Uh, the customs, whether you keep the customs or whether you don't keep the customs, either way, 
they're just customs. I don't know. There's a yeah, 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 yeah. There's all sorts of crops in yourself. What did you do? <laughs> what did that do? That literally did nothing. Not figuratively, literally. That did nothing. <laughs> so uh, these things don't, don't matter. Let each one remain in that calling which we, we discussed that in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Don't be concerned about it. But if you have the opportunity to be free, take advantage of it. Okay? What's the idea here? This is a hard one. This is not pleasant. Okay. That's a concept underneath here that he gets into. The, the, the reality of freedom is that if you're so focused on your liberty, well, you're going to have to come to the grips with the idea that you become a Christian, you're a slave anyway. So, so um, if you want to focus on that aspect... Then, then you it, it's going to come around. On, on the other hand, if you if you uh, look at it from the other perspective and you acknowledge the the slavery from which you've been placed in, you get to look at Christianity as a liberating experience. Uh, so, uh, spiritually speaking, so it's all it's all in how you look at it. But we don't. Th- this this verse does not fit our common viewpoint of, of, of uh, slavery, for sure. What is he trying to prevent? What is this, this all about? Why, why give them this stipulation? Now, he gives them an out. You can get out of slavery if you have an opportunity. You could buy your way out of slavery. That was even true in the United States. Um, so why why require people to make to to stay in slavery unless offered? They can have an influence. Okay. Okay. So, so there's, so there's that certainly. Um, uh, when it comes down to it, the uh, the the goal of this all has been unity, and the goal of all of this book has been our impact on people around us through self control through. Giving up ourself, giving up the things we like, our rights, we like all of this, whether it was in marriage or whether it was in all of these things that we feel so strongly, this is my right. By giving these up, you have the ability to impact people far beyond this. No one's going to be in heaven for, you know, for however long it is and go, yeah, but you know, I was a slave. You're not going to think that. That's not going to even cross your mind. It's going to be so far in the past that if you had won a person through that, that's going to be something that goes and goes and goes. That's going to be a relationship you have for eternity. 
and, and that's so, so much greater. Uh, the same thing with the, the kind of unbelieving spouse that, that we talked about last week. These are, these are things that, that have greater impact, and that's where, where Paul is trying to teach them to, to have a larger view. He's not saying that your suffering doesn't matter or, you know, that your rights... He's not saying that that's insignificant and unimportant. He does give them an out. If you have an opportunity, then take it. There's no... He, he doesn't want a rebellion. Now, we talked about something I think that, that should be uh, looked at. These are general truths. These are not without exceptions. These are not without general, that's what they are, is general ideas. So we looked at a verse in verse 15 last week talking about God has called us to peace. Uh, that, that God is not a God that wants, you know, under the context of marriage, God is not going to sit there and want you to stay in a situation where people are being abused. And I, I think that would, if that applies to marriage, I can't see how that would not apply also to, to slavery. You know, typically, the typical slave situation is you're in slavery, you're married, you've got kids, they're all slaves. And, and to be in a situation where your children are getting beaten within a half inch of their life, I don't think you're required to stay there. I don't think you're required to ask for a leave of absence. Uh, I, I think you're well within what God would, However, would allow. From what I've heard is if someone bought their freedom, they only bought themselves. Their own, they correct. They pay yes. for each individual correct. spouse. Children. That's correct. That is correct. Um, so... Uh, some of them did that knowing that they could go and set them free by getting a job somewhere. Um, uh, there's a, a story of a, I forget who it was, but she ended up um, being a dressmaker for like the, the two campaign, the wives of the campaign, like it was like Abraham Lincoln's in the the guy running opposite of them. She made their dresses for both of the first ladies, and or a, a hopeful. It was, it was, but and ended up setting free a number of people. So that was Elizabeth Kennedy. What's that? Elizabeth. <coughs> yeah. She bought her own freedom. Yeah. She became a dressmaker. She made dresses for Abraham Lincoln and Jefferson Davis. Yeah, yeah, that's who I was thinking of. And she bought the freedom for for her son as well. Yes. By doing that. Yeah. Uh, so, so that did happen. It was so rare. It was so rare. It just, for one, even as a black person in a free part of the country, it's hard to get a job. So um, you had to be really good at whatever it was you did that your services were in demand. Um, so, uh, so I, I, again, I, I, I don't think that you're required by God to, to be beaten within an inch of your life. Uh, and to watch your children and your wife have, suffer the same. I, I just don't. Um, but he's talking about, like we talked about, the, the situation in which someone is, you know, there's a possibility of, of converting them. There's a possibility of, of, you know, 
we have a view of slavery, and, and slavery in our country is really not different than slavery back then either. So uh, uh, there were slight differences, but they were, they're not really that different. But most slaves were considered valuable, right? that you, you bought at auction, and, and you paid a pretty penny. So most slaves were not beaten. Uh, unless you were trying to, uh, if they caught you trying to escape, right, or they caught you doing something you weren't supposed to be doing, you, you were, you were, it would be like, you know, if you have, you know, a team of, of oxen, you know, just beat them senseless just because, right, that they're, they're a valuable possession, that your crops and everything are necessary. So, and you don't just go get another one, you, they cost money. So, um, so most slaves were not treated that poorly. Now, they weren't treated most wonderfully, for sure. Um, they weren't given great palaces to live in, and I don't know how, what the quality of their food was. I don't, I don't know any of that. Um, but I, I know that they were not. The idea of, of some of the worst things that you can see, and there are photographs that are horrible. They're just awful. That's not the average, for sure. So uh, a lot of the slaves, in fact, uh, decided following the Civil War um, to stay with their masters, which is um, they actually felt that they would be treated better there than to go to the north and, and, and to not be able to find a job and live on the streets. So, so if you have an opportunity, then take it. Uh, obviously, if it, what's the relationship if someone gives you an opportunity? Huge. What's that? Huge. Give an opportunity. Okay, so okay, so there's some type of relationship between the owner and the slave that would he would he would regard him, and so so there's an opportunity to continue that relationship where you can still have a spiritual discussion, right? You have some type, he's, done, he's been trustworthy, he's been whatever. Um, so, so in um, the one difference is uh, in, in Roman times, they, they were what you would become what was called a freedman. A lot of times you were actually adopted, right? So we have a Jew, a famous Jew, who was a slave, uh, and... Uh, he recorded history. His name is Josephus. His name is Josephus Flavius. Well, Flavius is a Roman name. He was a Jew. Uh, and he worked for a, he was owned by a, uh, a family by the name of Flavius. And, and he became what was a, a freedman. He was adopted. <laughs> uh, so, so he was highly regarded uh, within that family. So, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep. They were slaves in Babylon. Sure. They stayed. Mm -hmm. They didn't come back with the remnant that did. Yes. Yep. So there's a lot of those. Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the same. There's a lot. There's a huge. There's a huge percentage of of Jews that never returned. Uh, and this this idea of the the worldwide Jewish population starts from Babylon, where where they didn't come back. They just kind of emigrated around various places, Rome or here, or 
uh, up in Russia, I mean, they, they just never came back and they started filtering around the world. Uh, so, he says, now concerning virgins, now this would be um, unmarried, specifically women, but I think that the idea is that um, a lot of things, the way they're phrased, it obviously ap applies to both genders. Um, <clears throat> he says, I have no command from the Lord, but I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. And he's going back to why they should be single. Uh, because of the present distress. And it's good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Don't seek to be loosed, obviously. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't divorce your wife. Uh, but are you loosed from a wife? In other words, uh, like, likely he's referencing the death, uh, someone who's died. Are you a widow or a widower? Who's this? <laughs> Some guy. How you feeling? Better, thank you. So, um, are, you, are you bound to wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? Do not seek a wife. However, if you do marry, you have not sinned. If a virgin marries, she has not sinned. So he's separating these two groups. Right? Someone who has been previously married can marry again. We need to get into a little bit of discussion because the churches of Christ have had some opinions on this matter, uh, which... I don't necessarily think are, are accurate. Um, there's no caveats here. Um, he doesn't specifically say widows here. He says previously married, loosed. What verse are you talking? Because mine does not say that. Okay. Uh, okay. Verse, so beginning of verse 27, are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? Do not seek a wife. Even if you do marry... You have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Okay, so, so he covers both sides of, of people who would get remarried. Right? So he's covering people who have been married and virgins. Right? Uh, so virgins would be never previously married. So if he's citing two groups, one has never been married, then obviously the other one has been previously married. In either case, he's saying, you can get remarried. This is not a sin. I'm giving you in my advice. I think it's a bad idea. All right, so, so this is where we're going to get into maybe some weeds a little bit. Uh, because we get into the topic of, well, wait a minute. Uh, there is a case where not referencing uh, widows, uh, people become unmarried. All right. And uh, we get into what Jesus talked about, which was for adultery. Uh, that's, that, breaks the, that breaks the marriage bond. There is an unofficial doctrine in the church that says the victim can get remarried, but the perp can't. <laughs> okay, you get what I'm saying? That's not in the Bible anywhere. That's not in there. 
He, he makes no clarifications here. Of that, That's never been a thing. That, okay, I screwed up. Well, you're out of luck, pal. She's fine. The marriage has been dissolved. In God's eyes, the marriage has dissolved the marriage bonds. He's not bound to a marriage which, which doesn't exist while she's free from a marriage. If he's, if he's unable to get remarried, she's unable to get remarried. That would mean that there's still a marriage bond. If the marriage bond is broken, right, there's, there's no passage. There's no reference from Paul. There's no reference from Jesus. That is completely a human logic. And it's a logic that, that we feel someone's been unfair. It, this has been unfair to this person in this situation. We, we, we put those in there all the time because it's fair. Now, Jesus did state that the offending party, whoever married them, that they were damning them to hell. No, that was, that's not what he said. Uh, what he said was, if you divorce a woman and get remarried. All right? If I just got divorced and got remarried, there's been no adultery until I've done that. That's the problem. Do you, under, do you, do you see the difference? I'm not sure. I mean, I think that's something that we all would have to study. Mm-hmm. In detail, and that's okay. what this class is for. Okay, no, you're right, you're right. This is, we're kind of off-shooting yeah. um, from, from that topic. Uh, but here, he's stating quite clearly that, that people who have been loosed from a marriage are free to remarry. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's important. It's uh, hard to tell, because he started out with, now concerning burdens, I have no command from the Lord. So is he still stating some of his own opinion here? Or is he really stating God gives No, so, okay, so he says, uh, Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? Do not seek a wife. Even if you do marry, you have not sinned. That's a statement, right? He, he can't give his own op- opinion on what is a sin or not. That, that's God's area of... Right? God will determine that. He then states his opinion. Um, nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I'm just trying to spare you. Like his, his opinion is that they shouldn't get married at all, regardless of what their previous situation. You've never been married before? Good, stay that way. Uh, you, your, your wife has passed away or something else has happened. Okay, wonderful, stay that way. And he's going to get into why. Um, and and we'll, we'll cover that in the, in the minutes we have left here. Verse 29, he begins, he says, um, I say, brethren, the time is short, so that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they did not possess. And those who use this world as not misusing it. For the form of this world is passing away. I want you to be without a care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. He who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There's a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord. She can be holy, both in body and spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how to please her husband. And this I say for your own profit. I'm not trying to put a leash on you, but 
just for what is proper, that you may serve the Lord without distraction. If any man thinks that he is behaving improperly towards his virgin, probably he's speaking here of a, a man with a daughter, his virgin daughter, right? Because then marriages were arranged. So if you think you're acting like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm being cruel to my daughter who's, who wants to get married to this guy, should I, <laughs> Paul, what should I do? Okay, so. Or is this like Joseph and Mary? Because they were betrothed for a time. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. And, and then broke it off. Besides then that he's not going to marry her, is mm -hmm. he hurting her? Because Joseph would have. I see what you're saying. That's, that's a possibility. No. That's a possibility. And, and it, 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 I think both. Both, but Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting perspective. Um. So in either case, if you're like, oh, no, uh, what do I do here? Uh, Paul just told me I shouldn't do this. Or, and uh, so um, if a man thinks he's behaving improperly towards his virgin, if she's past the flower of her youth, and thus it must be, let him do what he wishes. And does not sin. Let them marry. Nevertheless, he who stands steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but he has power over his own will. So determined in his heart that he will keep his virgin, does he does well. So then, he who gives her in marriage does well, but he who does not give her in marriage does better. A wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives, but if her husband dies, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. If uh, She is happier if she remains as she is, according to my judgment, and I think that I have the Spirit of God. So, there's a lot to cover, um, but I think some of it we've already covered um, in concept. Uh, so want to briefly uh, go through some of this. What is he talking about the coming distress? Or the current distress, actually. He says in, in light of the present distress. What is the present distress? Persecution. Okay, persecution. Now, this is written fairly early um, for, for the letters of Paul. Rome, Nero is not, I don't even know if Nero is in power at this point. Um, this is the early 50s. So I don't even think Nero is, is so, so who's persecuting? Is it the Jews persecuting? Okay, so, so there's certainly a, a, we read of the Jewish persecutions from one place to the other. Um, and, and, and it's possible that there were isolated Roman persecutions, that, that those might be on a local scale, uh, like a governor here or whatever, a city official here. But, but there was obviously some growing discontentment with Christianity. So, um, so I think that's, that's and what is the, what's the concern? What's the concern? Wh why does that affect whether you should be married or not? Okay. All right. So, so there's just the physical, just the phys physical complications that come with it. What else? A single person would be more prone to stay with the church and to try to influence things for the church because they don't have the family to work for. To I have to provide for my family. I have to. 
you know, take care of my children, whatever. You don't have that as much. So okay. you are better able to... All right, so the church is your family. Yeah. I think there's also, a, you know, in other parts of the scripture around the same time, it was a prevailing thought that because of all this persecution, the Lord is near. And, you know... If he's coming, what's the point of working? What's the point of getting married? What's the point of, yeah. you know, we should just focus on on spiritual things and, you know, heck with everything else. So maybe that's what he might be addressing as well. Okay. And, and I think that's possibly why he's throwing in there. It, it's okay if you want to get married. That's <laughs> Life does have to continue here. Right. Um, so... Uh, if everyone takes my advice, you know, we're one generation away from extinction. So, <laughs> um, it's obviously not realistic that no one's going to get married. Like that, that's not a realistic thing. What was that group in New Hampshire that died out? They, they wouldn't get married? The Shakers? Shakers? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of hard. That's a, that's a tough doctrine. Um, so... I think the other concept here, to, to kind of go along with what you're saying, it, the opposite end of the spectrum is, yes, you, you're, if you're single, you're prone to want to, I mean, and that, and that, that the church is your family. You're, you're dedicated kind of them because that's, that's who your family is. But he, t- he talks about, well, the, the person that's married seeks the they kind of they got split interests, okay, and that's okay. That, that that's not a sin. God, God, he he just said you haven't sinned. Right? He that's a split interest that we're allowed to have. Um, however, here's where the problem com- comes in. This is the the difficulty, is that those split interests can be a wedge, right? Now all of a sudden you have a situation where there's persecution going on and you, your husband or your wife is taken. Why don't you recant? See, now I care for the things of this world. Now that becomes a wedge. And, and that was a huge thing. I mean, people watching their their children die, burnt to the stake, and various things like that. That is such a, that's a thing you don't have to deal with. <laughs> that's just a thing that's not there. It's not that that makes those situations easier or pleasant, but it makes them so that it, it's not a wedge to drive you away from Christ. And I think that's what he's really driving at, um, at, least at, at least one of those things. The, the, the desire for pleasing the husband, the desire for that other interest and maintaining that interest because let's face it that's the one we can see and the one we can see is almost always the one that dominates our decisions right uh, so so i think that's that's really what his intent here um, to be able to serve without distraction um, so anything else before we close there